Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. And today I'm going to be talking about toxic friendships. And I know a lot of you came with your friend today, and they're not saying that you are a toxic friend um, if they brought you. They might be. I'm not saying they aren't, but I'm not saying they are. So, um, but if this is your first time, man, relax. We hope that you enjoy the message. We have a really big conviction the church can be fun and life-changing at the same time and powerful. And so we want you to, man, just hear the Word of God, what it's saying to you today. Um, this message today, I'm going to let you know, saved my family's life last night, for real. Saved my family's life last night. Um, in the midst of preparing for this message, I started researching poisonous foods, poisonous foods that you don't think are poisonous but are poisonous. And so I started reading all this stuff, and what's crazy is that it's a ton of vegetables. So all of you that don't like veggies, you're just like not living life on the edge. Um, but so I was reading this stuff, and Casey had made some potatoes last night. And Casey is a great cook. This is not any sort of reflection about my wife's cooking. She's a fantastic cook. Um, but when she had made these potatoes and put them in the oven, she pulled them out. And just like most moms or most cooks, she tasted one and said, Justin, these potatoes taste like bitter. And they're like tingling my throat. And I'm like, she told me this. And I go, it's poisonous. And she looks at me like, you're stupid, which happens on a regular daily basis. Um, but I'm like, you don't believe me, do you? And she's like, no, I don't. Potatoes aren't poisonous. I'm like, Google it. And she's like, are you for real? I'm like, Google, bitter potatoes are poisonous. Are bitter potatoes poisonous? She Googled it and she goes, bitter potatoes are poisonous. And I'm like, I just saved our kids' lives. Um, and so, because she was going to feed it to them and make them eat them, even though they were bitter, because she prepared them, right? I'm like, you're going to kill our children, right? So here's the deal. This sermon might save your life. I'm just about to tell you that it may save your life. So now I'm pretty much a medical doctor at our house. Um, poison control calls me now um, because of this message. But um, as I was researching, I, I was actually going to talk about kidney beans. Um, and I was going to call this silent but deadly, but it's just way too much. Um, but, but kidney beans, and um, I was researching this, and kidney beans, if they are uncooked, so like canned kidney beans, they've been cooked, they've been stewed, they're put in a can, you can eat these straight out of the can, and you won't kill yourself. However, if you get a kidney bean that is raw, right, that has not been cooked, you can eat four to five kidney beans, 
And they are going to affect, affect you in a very, very bad way. We're not going to get real graphic today, um, but fluids will be shared. Um, there's, there, it, it, it will poison your system, and your system reacts. And in, in some instances, it can actually kill you. If you, can cons- if you consume just four to five or even more raw kidney beans. And I thought, man... It's crazy to me because we're, we're fall time. We're chili season now. Like, I love chili. And so, like, some of you are going to go home and you're going to make chili tonight because I'm talking about chili because I always talk about food and it's amazing how much food happens that Sunday. Um, I should get kickbacks from restaurants. But, um, like, when, when I make chili, I love kidney beans in it. And it's one of the great things. I'm like, yes, this helps make chili all that it is. And it's amazing that something that can be so good can be so bad if it's not made or prepared in the right way. And I think that's very similar to friendships. I think that's really similar to how friendships act, how they affect our lives. And here's why I say that. When we are around our friends, and this is something you know, I know, we all know this, what I'm getting ready to share. When we're around our friends, we drop, you know, we, we drop our guard, our guard is down, and we are more open to influence more than any other time when we're around our friends, when we're around people who accept us, because acceptance brings relaxation, and we are open to influence, but if you are around rejection, your shield's up, right? You're like, rejection, I'm closed off, acceptance, I'm wide open, and, and this is the power of friendships, is that There are some friends you have that will influence you to do things you would never do in a million years, but your friend said, hey man, right? And it always starts off like that. Hey man, what do you think about it? And and I was great at influencing people to do stupid, stupid things. Um, My freshman year in college, I was influenced to do really stupid things that Matt and Cindy Cantwell could tell you about, but they've been sworn to secrecy. Um, there's, there's things, I remember one, one guy my junior year came up to me and he was like, hey Justin, I can't grow any facial hair. And so I need help growing facial hair. I didn't skip a beat. I didn't think about it. I go, you need mustard, my friend. And he goes, what do you mean I need mustard? I go, you're going to have to put mustard all over your face for three solid weeks. You can't be without it except if you're showering. And then you got to get back in and put mustard on. And he put mustard all over his face for chapel, for school, for lunch, for breakfast, all this, for three solid weeks. All my friends that were with me like, yeah, you got to wear mustard. It helps bring facial hair in. And, and never grew even a patch. Man, this guy was still as smooth as a... I was like, man, you must be one of the anomalies. You know, it just didn't work for you. We can influence people. <laughs> we can influence people to do things that they would never think about. People can influence you to do things you would never think about doing on your own. And here's the deal about friends, is that probably this is the case for most of us. This is true for me, so I have a feeling this is probably true for you. Most of our regrets that we have in life aren't regrets that we had while spending time with our enemies, right? Because we're shut down. We're trying to get away. We're trying to move along, move along very, very quickly. But most regrets, most of the regrets, most of the things, the mistakes, most of the things that we were like, man, I wish I could take that back, were probably when you were around your friends. 
probably when you got into a situation with your friends that led to, man, I wish I could have a mulligan, I wish I could have a do-over, because they influenced you. Our text today is found in Proverbs, written by a guy named Solomon, wisest guy that ever lived, and he says this in Proverbs 13, 20. He says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Here's what I love about this verse, is that the first part is a promise, and the second part's a warning. If, here's the first part. Let's cover, cover the first part. If you can put it back up there real quick. He who walks with the wise becomes wise. This is what this is saying. It's saying, if you want to become a wise person, get around other wise people. Wisdom is contagious. That, that's good news for some of us. So if you're trying to live life out in a wise way, I would encourage you as your pastor, get around some people. And age, age doesn't necessarily bring wisdom with it. Sometimes we just get old and stupid at the same time, right? Like, it, it's true, it's true. But if you want to be, if you want to get wise, get around some people that maybe are a step ahead of you, maybe they're right there, but you're like, man, you are living life really, really wise. I'm gonna get around you because wisdom is contagious. But the second thing is this, it's a warning. It says, but the companion of fools suffers harm. A companion of fools suffers harm. It doesn't say that you become a fool. It doesn't say that, you be, that, that foolishness is contagious. Because here's what a lot of us would say to this part. Well, Justin, I don't, dis I don't agree with that. I, 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 just because I'm around people, around my friends who do foolish things, who engage in foolish activities, who engage in things that they're going to, just because I'm around them doesn't mean that I'm doing what they're doing. Doesn't mean that I'm thinking like they're thinking. Doesn't mean that I'm operating like they're operating. But that's not what the Bible says. And we would push back and say, I don't agree with that. Just because I'm around them doesn't mean I'm going to do what they do and think like they do. And Solomon, the Bible would say this, you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. And listen to a man whose life was in, if you keep reading about the life of Solomon, at the end it says this, he had like a thousand wives and concubines, right? Like, come on, Solomon, let's talk about moderation, right? Like, a hundred's plenty, bro. Anyways, um, <laughs> stay on target. Um, and so, here he is, and at the end of his life, it says that his heart was tor turned towards other gods because of his wives that were serving idols and foreign gods. This is the same guy that says, walk with the wise and become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Doesn't mean that you're going to become a fool. It just means this, that if you continue to, to hang out, to engage, to be where they're at, eventually you're going to encounter harm to your relationships, to your life. Because here's the truth. When you get around people, when you get around friends who have no concern about their marriage, the flip side is they have no concern about your marriage. When you get around friends and when you get around people who have no concern about their health, 
The truth is they don't have any concern about your health. They don't care about where they're at financially. They don't care about where you're at financially. They don't care about what they're compromising and what they're doing and what they're engaging. They don't care about what they're asking you to compromise and engage in. And the promises walk with the wise, become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So how do we know if we're in a toxic friendship? How, how do we know if, man, you know, our, our friendships have grown, have come to a place where they become toxic to our life, and we're living the second part of this verse instead of the first part. The first way is this. First thing, the first way that we have toxic friendships is this. They always contain drama. They always contain drama. I love this quote um, it's an unknown quote. Nobody knows who said it, but man, they're brilliant. Some people create their own storms and then get upset when it starts to rain, right? Some people create their own storms and then get upset when it starts to rain. When it comes to your friends, hear me on this, you and I allow the drama that they bring. So, so all of us, we've got family. When it comes to family, you're stuck, Right? There's no getting out. They're family, man. It's like the mafia. You Once you're in, you no ever get out. The drama, the problems that come with family, man, you're in it. Um, ask my kids. They can't get out of this. They're like, help me. There's no escaping this. I'm sorry. I'm going to be everywhere you are, right? Like, it's, it's, it, they're in deep. Here's the deal. They didn't ask for that. They got blessed with that, right? They just, that's, hey, lucky you. Here's the deal. When it comes to family, you're just kind of dealing with what was given to you. When it comes to friends, that's not the case at all. When it comes to friends, I, I term it this way. You're the director in the play, right? You get to pick the stars. You get to pick the people that are in the movie of your life when it comes to your friendships. And, and hear me, if you have friends that say they're just a drama queen. If you say, they say they're a high maintenance, the drama that they bring, you have allowed as the director of your life. Hey, hey let, let's do this. We weren't gonna talk about dating relationships, but if you're not married in this place, ooh, I'm ready for this. If you're dating, not, if, if you're married, you, hey, you, you better deal with it. Here we go. But if you're not Warning shot across the bow. If you are, and I used to think it was just ladies when, when I got married and when I was young. I, anyways, um, it, it's guys. If a guy lady says, hey, I'm just a high maintenance guy, run. <laughs> run. If a girl says, why you're dating or you're engaged, it's not too late even though you're engaged. Listen, it may be hard. <laughs> It's not too late. There may have been deposits put down. I promise you, it will cost you much more later on. <laughs> if they say they're a drama queen and they're, they're high maintenance, it is code for psycho. Run, <laughs> run, run. They're already letting that out of the closet. Go, get, flee. When it comes to friends, it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be problems. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be trials. That's part of life. Life brings problems and life brings trials. But drama brings problems itself. 
Here's the difference. Life creates problems and trials. Drama creates it on its own. And are your friends bringing you peace? Are they bringing encouragement? Are they bringing strength? Or are they bringing drama? Well, how do I know if they're bringing drama, Justin? Well, let me give you the trifecta of drama this morning. Let me give you the the three horsemen of drama that seem to always be around drama when it comes to friendships and relationships. The first one is this, gossip. Um, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13 says, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. If you can't trust a friend to keep a secret, you don't have a friend. If when you... If when your friend says something to you that rubs you the wrong way, or you say something to them, and it's usually through text or email, like, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm going to text you right back. Like, because we always read tone. Tone is inferred, right? When we're reading reading text and emails, right? And so we're reading tone in. They may not have meant it, but if if, if your friend's going to say something, do something that rubs you the wrong way that rubs them the wrong way. And when you say that, when you have that moment, if their inclination is to go and talk about you to everybody else, you got a toxic relationship. You've got a relationship that is full of drama because it's full of gossip. And and hear me on this. Man, teenagers, this will save you so much heartache. College-age students, this will save you so much drama. If they're not willing to talk to but about, they're not your friend. A true friend is willing to talk to you instead of just about you. Adults, a true friend, wounds from a friend can be trusted. That's what Proverbs says. They talk to you even when what they have to say is hard. They're willing to talk to you instead of about you. That's how you know you have a real friend. But if the opposite is true, you've got a toxic relationship. The second way you have drama is disloyalty. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all times. It means a friend loves when they're cranky. A friend loves even when your friend is having a bad day. A friend continues to love even when they make a bad choice. Even when they make a decision that drives you crazy. It's not that they are living a lifestyle of a fool. Well, Justin, you said a companion of fools will suffer harm. No, no, no. A companion of fools is never trying to get better. That's what marks a foolish person is that they do wrong and they just keep doing wrong. And one mistake has a bunch of babies to it, right? Don't let your one bad mistake have a bunch of babies because that's when you're in a lot of trouble, right? Because now you're dealing with this baby and this baby and this baby and this baby. And you're like, what happened? You just multiplied like a rabbit is what happened. Stop it. Here's the deal is that a friend loves at all times. They're loyal to you even when you're having the bad days. You're loyal to them, even when it's a tough moment and a tough time, even when they're needy. You love them and you are with them and you're not talking behind their back. In fact, loyalty isn't just not talking about them because that's gossip. 
Loyalty is when you hear people talking about them, you put a stop to it. That's loyalty. That's, well, you don't just walk away from the conversation. Well, I didn't engage. I heard him talking about you. No, no, no. People can hear people talk about me. Man, if I'm your friend, I'm coming in and being like, hey, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happened, but they're my friend, and you've got to stop talking about them. That's loyalty. And here's what we, we always want loyalty, but if you're going to have loyalty in your relationships, you've got to give loyalty first. If there's disloyalty in your relationships, man, it's toxic. Hey, married people, if there's disloyalty, you just gripe about your spouse everywhere you go. That's not making your marriage healthy. That's making your marriage toxic. Some of you are like, Justin, stop talking about marriage. Stick to friendships because now you're talking about me. <laughs> Hear me. You got, you got to be loyal to one another. The third thing that creates drama, the trifecta, the, the three horsemen is jealousy. James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Dang, James, like he threw it down. And hear this part, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Your relationship, your friendship, where there's jealousy and selfish ambition, it's never going to operate the way God intended it to operate. Because you will always find disorder and evil of every kind. However, verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Here's, some of you are like, you're still on your first point. I know. Here's what I would tell you. When it comes to, if good things happen to you, Man, you get that promotion at work, you get that new car, you get that new boat, you can go on this vacation. If you have to hide those things from your friends, you got a toxic relationship. If, if when you get, man, if you're single and you've got a bunch of other single friends and you find your boo finally, and you're like, boo, right? And you've got... This moment, my daughter's going to be like, Dad, don't say boo anymore. I'm going to say it even more. Um, but you found your boo, your bae, whatever it is. Um, and, and you've, but you have to keep it away from everybody else, all your other single friends. Can I tell you, you've got toxic relationships. Your friends should be the one throwing you the party. Should be the ones celebrating with you. Should be the ones excited for you. Should be the ones that are like, woohoo! Because can I tell you, if somebody, if one of my friends gets a hot tub and I don't have a hot tub right now, guess what? When you got a hot tub, I got a hot tub. Yeah! Speedo party, baby! Let's do this, right? Gold chains and all, right? I mean, 
I, I'm, I'm going to be, th- you get a new car, come talk to me. I'm going to be thrilled. You get to go to this vacation. I'm going to be thrilled for you. I'm not going to be all of a sudden develop this attitude. Well, it must be nice. No, it's great. And if you are having to hide the good things from your friends because now you are starting to get things that they've been waiting on, that's a toxic relationship. You shouldn't just be, you shouldn't have to hide the good things because you're afraid they're going to be jealous or they have selfish ambition because if that's the case, the Bible says this, in that relationship, there's disorder and evil of every kind. You're just scratching the surface to that toxic relationship. The second thing that makes our relationships toxic is this. They're influencing you to become a person of compromise instead of a person of integrity. They're influencing you to become a person of compromise. They're constantly asking you to compromise your boundaries, compromise your guardrails, compromise your standards, always constantly telling you it's not a big deal instead of pushing you to become a person of integrity. They're pushing, they're pushing you away from Christ instead of towards him. If that's the case, man, you, you have entered into a place where your relationship is starting to poison your life. It's starting to slowly poison your marriage and your family. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, don't be misled, bad company corrupts good character. And there's a reason it starts like this. Because a lot of us, we mislead ourselves on this. A lot of us, we fool ourselves on this and we think we age out of this principle. Listen to me, adults, you don't age out of this principle. Iron sharp, are they making you sharper or duller? Iron sharpens iron. So as one man sharpens another, don't be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Are they pushing you towards your convictions and towards your standards, or are they constantly asking you to compromise on them? Because here's the truth. If what was never on the table before, if what was never an option before all of a sudden becomes an option and is on the table when you start hanging out with your friends, you're in serious trouble. If, if you, all the married people, if you have to hide who you're hanging out with and where you are going and what you are doing from your spouse, it's no longer a healthy relationship. If teenagers, college students, hear me, if you have to hide who you're hanging out with, where you're going, what you're doing, or you don't, you have to just not tell the whole truth, that's still a lie. Let me just tell you, that's still, you're a liar. Like, I'm not a liar, I didn't say a lie. You're lying. You know it, don't deceive yourself. Like, don't, come on now, own own this moment, right? If you're constantly having to do that in your relationships with your parents, they're leading you, your, your crew, your friends are leading you to a place of compromise instead of a place of conviction a place of compromise instead of a place of keeping your standards. And this is huge. And this is big. And the only person that can answer that question, are they leading me to compromise or are they leading me to integrity, is you. And you can't be misled. 
you can't fool yourselves on this point because it's too big of a deal. So what do healthy relationships look like? I'm going to hit this real quick this morning. Two things. How do you develop lasting, meaningful relationships? Um, I really thought about talking about friends with benefits on this, but that's totally not applicable. Um, So um, how do you have lasting, meaningful friendships? First is this, be choosy when making friends. Be choosy when making friends. When I first got married, um, Casey would send me to the grocery store to buy blueberries or blackberries or raspberries. And as a 20-year-old young man, I thought, man, if they're on the counter, if they're there at the grocery store, if the produce is put out, then it must be okay to eat, to consume, buy. There's nothing rotted. There's nothing wrong with them. And so i just buy those bad boys, and we would get home, and we'd start sorting through the strawberries. Strawberries are the worst. Um, but we would start sorting through all these things. And then there would be, like, all the fuzz and the mold on the strawberries in cases, like, you bought a bunch of mold. And she didn't say it, Nagy, or mean. She would say, Justin, all these blueberries are like like soggy and gross and all these blackberries aren't good and you know these strawberries have mold did you look and I'm like yeah they were red and they said strawberries and they were all saying yeah I made sure I'm like it's not my fault they shouldn't have put them out there right like that's why I'm like deflecting this whole time so Like this happened probably for a full year in our our marriage until we finally went to the grocery store and she goes, come here, Justin, I want to show you something. And she got a pack of blackberries or blueberries. I don't remember what it was or strawberries. And she's like, this is how you pick strawberries, blackberries. She's like looking at, and she goes, you look underneath and then you open them up and you feel if they're soggy or firm. I'm like, no, no, no. You just put your germs on everybody else's food. Right. Um, but she's like, that's the only way you can find out if you inspect. And so now when I go to the grocery store, I look like this old person that's like, oh yeah, those are nice in front, right? Like this is weird. It just got weird, right? Like it just got weird. I'm talking about fruit. Like this is, hey, got weird. Here's what I would tell you is that a lot of us, we spend more time being choosy about produce than we really take inspecting our friendships. And Proverbs says this in Proverbs 12, 26 The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked lead them astray. The righteous, man, this, this is huge. Man, if I could open both my kids' brains up and just plant this into them, this would save them so much heartache. The righteous choose their friends carefully. But if you're not careful, if you're not choosy, the way of the wicked leads, it's too easy to go with the crowd. It's too easy just to go along with what's available. And remember, you're the one that chooses your friends. Adults, you're the one that chooses your crew. Teenagers, your parents, college students, your parents, Don't get the option, unfortunately, of picking your friends. Because there would not be a boy alive in my girls' friend circles until they turn 22. I'm just, I'm just, your, your parents don't get the option. You have that option. And the Bible says this, is that if you're gonna live your life righteously, if you're gonna live your life with a lot less regrets 
and a lot of promise, you become choosy when picking your friends. I've got more I want to say on it, but I need to go. The second way to have fruitful relationships that are meaningful is this, is that you understand the golden rule has to rule. The golden rule has to rule. Matthew 7, verse 12, out of the Amplified Version says, So then, in everything, treat others the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the essence of the law and the writings of the prophets. Luke 6, 31 says, Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Growing up in church, grew up in an AG church, Assemblies of God church that had a, 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 a part for boys on Wednesday nights called Royal Rangers. It was like a weird Cub Scouts thing, right? But weird Boy Scouts. Some of you know Jeremy Moore. You are with me right now. And you would say, to make the golden rule my daily rule, right? And you had this whole motto like, I live to serve. I live to something. Worship, live, serve, obey, uh, something. And you had a creed and, you know, ready, ready for anything. Ready to work, worship. I've, it's been way too long. But Here's the deal, is that the, 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 you, the motto was to make the golden rule my daily rule. That was, that was it. And you lived it, and you had this weird uniform on, and it was kind of weird, because um, you, you, it wasn't cool enough to wear around all the Boy Scout guys, because then you were like, oh, you're a pretend Boy Scout. Like, what? No, I'm a Royal Ranger. Um, anyways, <laughs> we have berets for the really advanced ones. Anyways, um. <laughs> If your friendships are really going to be healthy, stop waiting for your friend to be the type of friend you want them to be and start being it for them. If your marriage is going to be really healthy, man, this is huge. If your marriage is going to be healthy and make it for the long run, stop waiting for your spouse to do everything for you that you're hoping they will do and take the initiative and do it for them first. And stop counting score. That's it. That's the golden rule. Treat others the way you want them to treat you. Treat your friends like you want them to treat you. And this isn't just something we should be doing for our friends. Jesus even said it in Luke 6.31. In the context of the message, he says, man, you should be doing this for your enemies. What? And he's saying because any run-of-the-mill sinner can treat, even heathens treat people they like with the golden rule, but this is something we should be doing for those that you don't even like, Jesus. I like everybody. Liar. Here's the deal, is that a lot of us, we can apply the golden rule to people we work with. We treat others the way we want to be treated. We treat people that, that, that are, are, are kind of distant associates, but when it comes to our friends, we lose our patience really easy. When it comes to our spouse, we lose our patience really easy. When it comes to our kids' parents, we lose our patience really easy. And if you want those type of friendships that are healthy and powerful and meaningful, hear me. It means the golden rule has to rule. It means that you use the type of tone with your kids, you want them to use with you. And kids, because you want to live a little bit longer, use the type of tone with your parents that you want them to use with you. Let me, let me, let me stop just for a second. For, for all you that are kind of older, 
you're in college, you're a young professional, man, if you want a great relationship with your parents, treat them the way you want them to treat you. Treat them the way you want them to treat you. It goes both ways. And if we're going to have healthy relationships, if we're going to have healthy marriages, if we're going to have healthy relationships with our kids and our parents, but if we're going to have healthy friendships, it means the golden rule, we treat others the way we want to be treated even on the bad days. That you just aren't an emotional friend, you're an intentional friend. So this is what it looks like, and I'm, I'm done after this. Golden rule ruling looks like this. You do for your friends financially what you wish they could do for you. You buy them that gift, right? And you celebrate them without expecting it in return. Don't be a gift counter. What I mean by this, you go out and buy them a $100 Amazon card, and they buy you a $15 Red Robin card, and you're like, are you for real right now? I just bought you $100 to a whole universe on Amazon, and you're, you know I'm gluten-free. You know I don't like French fries, and it's a bottomless French fry place. Right? Is that you just buy them things and you celebrate them things and you don't keep count of those things. You just treat them the way you want to be treated. Second thing is you let your schedule be interrupted for your friends instead of making them feel like a burden. Do you let, allow your life to be interrupted by those you love? And I would even say this, and when it's interrupted, do you constantly let them know how much they've interrupted your schedule and your life? Well, this is a big pain in the butt, right? Well, I, I'm totally treating, no, 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 no. Do you allow your schedule to be interrupted by those you love? Because if the golden rule is going to rule, you allow interruptions to become your ministry. The third is you go the extra mile for your friends without being put out. Fourth, you speak encouraging words to your friends when they're down, even when they've messed up, even when they're at fault. And sometimes you speak encouraging words for no reason at all, but just because they need to hear it, right? Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs, ladies, that a boy, to your husbands. Um, <laughs> telling you, you give your man a that a boy, we're ready to go for a week. Like, I can go conquer the world. I am ready to fight Ivan Drago right now. Bring the Russian now, because I got a that a boy, right? How are you at encouraging one another? Well, they never encourage me. That's not what the Bible says. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Be loyal and have their backs, because friendships without loyalty is not friendship at all. It's you being frenemies. Right? It's just you being frenemies. You pretending to be friends, but you're really enemies. The last one is this. Be present and be there even when others are willing to walk away. That's when your friends need you the most. Man, my prayer for you as your pastor is that you evaluate who are you calling friend. Are you walking with the wise so that you can become wise? Or are you hanging around with a companion of fools, because the promise is this, the warning is this, eventually, you're either gonna benefit from them or you're gonna suffer from them, all based on who you and I choose to call friends. Let's pray, Lord, we love you.
I thank you for today. And God, I pray that this, this word, this message would not just be something that we hear, but it would be something that we apply. I pray that, Lord, in this, in this realm, we all in this place have a vested interest in this topic. And, and Lord, your word does no good if we just listen to it but don't apply it. But your word says that your word will not return void. And so, Lord, I pray that it would not return empty to our life, but that it would have an effect on our life and that we would just have a really honest evaluation about our circle of influence, our circle of friends. Lord, that we would have an honest evaluation of what kind of friend are we being? And how can we improve of being a person that leads them to being a person of integrity instead of compromise? How can we be a person that's choosy? How can we be a person that, that is making the golden rule rule? when it comes to life and relationships. Lord, I pray today that we would hear your words and we would apply them. And that, Lord, if there's work we need to do, if there's some, some, some relationships we need to step back from, your word says this, the wise see danger ahead and take action to avoid it, but the fool keeps going on and gets in trouble. So, Lord, I pray, let us be wise. Let us see where our life is heading. And if there's corrections that need to be made, that we would make necessary corrections. But not just keep going blindly along and thinking this doesn't apply to us. And then we encounter regret and we encounter consequences. But Lord, let us apply your word to this big, big area of our life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here, and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we want to give you a chance to change that. Today, you may, you may be here, and maybe where you're at in your relationship with Jesus just isn't where you should be, and you need to recommit your life to Him. When I count to three, all I want you to do is raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. We're not going to have you stand up or lead you in another room. We just simply believe Jesus sees a hand and he changes a heart. If that's you, when I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand and don't miss your moment. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand. Is there anyone else? You join this one hand that's lifted before we go any further in this service. Can I tell you, nobody can make this choice for you but you. And you say, Justin, that's me. Is there anybody else you want to join this one hand that's lifted before we go any further in service? I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn from the life that I was living. I repent of it. And I turn to you, God. And I turn to the life you have for me. So I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer, 
or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.